Hello and welcome to Time for a Story, Scary Stories from a Small Town in Maine. Season 4, Chapter 3 Voices Welly well, to what do I owe the extreme pleasure of this surprise visit? Anthony Burgess, A Clockwork Orange Voices There is a voice in my head. Correction, voices. There are voices in my head. And they whisper whispering like a perfect memory of what a voice is supposed to sound like. When one voice is quiet, the others fight for attention. They never leave me. I am only what the voices tell me to be. The pain is unbearable. I never wanted this, and now it's all I want. I want you, you, and your life force. You want to give it to me. I can see it in your eyes. I feel you rise to meet me. I'd be delighted to meet you, to eat you. Do it, says the voice in my head. And who am I to argue with the voices in my head? George Willette was a sinewy, fifty-something man of average height. He scratched his chin with the back of a gloved hand as he stood hunched beneath the low roof of the lean-to. Years of ducking and dodging makeshift roof lines and livestock fencing had caught up with him, and so the hunch was permanent. It was cold, and the rain was heavy, just like it always is this time of year. And what of it? Chores will get done, no matter the weather. Farming in Maine makes you tough, and it also makes you resourceful or cheap, depending on your perspective. Like most of the equipment on George and Virginia's small farm, the chainsaw was old and quirky. He had thought about replacing the saw multiple times. It was practically an antique, but the very idea of spending nearly $400 on anything other than animal feed or tractor equipment was unthinkable. He preferred, instead, to wage a regular war with a machine that flooded at the drop of a hat. He was ready to try again. You are a useless piece of nothing, and you're going to start, or I'm going to, oh, you hunk of junk. He heaved and pulled at the starter cord until the sweat dripped down his back, all the while refusing to cuss. Ginny was in the barn tending to the animals within earshot, and despite their thirty-four years together, he still refused to subject his wife to vulgarity of any kind. His stubborn nature 
cut both ways. George had to finish the wood before the weekend. There were church events planned for all day Saturday and Sunday, and so there was no time to lose. Things would move quickly if he could just convince the chainsaw to turn over. You low-life garbage-loving! And then, finally, a promising growl followed by the sound of success. While the chainsaw idled in his left hand, he used his right hand to pull the hearing protection down from his ball cap and over his ears. George was pleased with himself. Well, all right then. Virginia was in the barn. Everyone called her Virginia, except for George. He called her Ginny, and so, as a joke, she called him Georgie. They were childless, nobody to help with the chores, and they filled their days with farm work and silence and all the time in the world. From across the courtyard, it sounded like Georgie had settled his argument with the Husqvarna, and that meant she had a few hours before he would call for her. This would give her the time she needed to wrap things up with the animals and do her baking. She had committed to eight pies for Saturday's event, four apple and four pumpkin. Then it would be back out and into the rain to help her husband pull in what was left of the Cortlands. If she was lucky, not too tired, she'd have time to do some quilting after supper. All morning, the rain never stopped. It was a driving rain, the kind that nurtured a slight worry about the roof's integrity. Everything on the farm needed repair of one form or another. George kept his back to the yard as he worked. He lowered his body over each log as he sawed, easily transforming eight-foot lengths into smaller piles of sixteen inches, the perfect size for his wood stove. The machine was loud and dirty, whining in high-pitched waves that filled the top third of the lean-to with yellow exhaust. In barely any time at all, George was engulfed in wood chips, smoke, and noise. All of this made it impossible to notice what was going on behind him. Two shadowy figures were moving along by the outer paddock, oblivious to everything but their destination. They were sated, heavy, and eager to rest, and they were barely visible in the gray misery of the day. And, though their lips never moved, they spoke. Use that thing to cut her up. Show her who's boss. Kill her. Who's boss. Kill Cut her up. Cut her. Cut her up. Kill her. Cut her. Like a verbal virus, their words traveled telepathically across the field and over the fencing. These words poisoned the puddles and wilted the high grass of the courtyard until they collected just behind the farmer. Embrace the darkness. Kill her. Go into the barn. Kill her. Cut her. Cut her. Kill her. Cut her. This constant whispering was a secretion, a steady stream of hate that was directed at nobody but affected anybody who might be susceptible to the power of a suggestion or two. Like voices from a distant radio, they transmitted and teased, exciting the microscopic receptors of evil that exist in all living things. And the shadows did this effortlessly, 
while trespassing across the farm toward their place of rest. Embrace the darkness. Kill her. Embrace Kill her. Cut her. Cut, Cut her, her the into sixteen-inch logs. Kill her. On his best day, George Willette was considered hard of hearing, easily missing 60% of whatever came at him. Expensive hearing aids were just that, expensive, and it was only recently that he even started using the too-little-too-late ear protection of middle age. And the chainsaw was in full swing. All of this meant that he would never notice the intruders that passed between the fruit trees and the farming equipment. Inside the barn, however, it was Ginny who had stopped moving. There was a sudden pressure in her ears and a funny feeling that lured her from the hay pile toward the barn's entrance. She felt like a child on Christmas morning, suddenly very excited to see what awaited her beyond the pelting rain. At first, she saw nothing, yet she was sure something was out there. She craned her neck, willing her eyes to find what she could feel. There, she saw two people making their way across her field. They flickered in and out of view in a most peculiar way, like static. Georgie, you seen this? she asked. She spoke softly, knowing full well that communication with George would be futile. She could hear the chainsaw wailing along, uninterrupted. No, George hadn't seen anything. The figures were definitely moving away from her, and yet she could feel them speaking. Indeed, she could make out every word. Drive the hay fork into his neck. Drop it into his neck. neck. Aren't you curious? Curious. Kill him. Stab him in the neck. Why not? Get him from behind. See what happens. Do it. Don't you want to see what happens? Aren't you curious? Do it. Yes, she answered. There was no sunrise this morning, nothing to mark the end of a beautiful night. And she was sick, just like before, when the beginning was the thing. The beginning had been awful, but she had mastered all of that. Why was it here again? The pain made it hard to move, hard to focus. She could barely walk toward her hideaway, forcing one foot in front of the other. The driving rain soaked her hair and clothing, an insulting blow to her status with the darkness. This should not be happening. Only hours ago, she and the darkness had been in control. She had overpowered the wind and suffocated the light of a million stars with barely the wave of her hand. Hadn't she proven herself worthy, proven that she was made for this, born for this? There was nothing that touched her soul, nothing that stirred regret. She enjoyed destruction with the pleasure of a punk pissing on the rose garden of his latest victim. She always took her time, savoring everything and marveling at the power of it all. Yes, only just last night, this had all been true. But now, 
Here she was, slogging along and using up all of her precious energy just to get back. And this made her angry. Voices, written and performed by Bridget Emmons. Follow me on Instagram and visit my website at BridgetEmmons.com. And if you're enjoying this series, leave me a positive review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>